Thank you. Yeah, we have started with a very transparent place, the UK, then we moved a bit towards the country that's making progress, Italy, and now I think we're reaching a fairly dark and opaque place. Um, But there, even in Austria, there might be a few angles that are in initiatives that are interesting emerging from a country that has very little uh, open data available. This is, yes, as I said, this is Austria might be a place where you can sing and dance, but it's not a place where you can get a lot of answers to questions that you have to the government, especially those that concern uh, political account accountability. Um, this is the right to information ranking by Access Info. And as you can see, Austria is the, the last country in their ranking. They assess the quality of freedom of information legislation. And they think Austria is behind Tajikistan and Liechtenstein. Um, so they, they were nice and included Austria as a country that has freedom of information legislation, but they have their doubts if, they can really, if Austria really qualifies. What is the reason for this? So since 1925, in the Austrian constitution, we have what is called in German the Amtsgeheimnis. It is part of the Austrian culture, part of the Austrian tradition. Basically says every civil servant, every public official has to keep everything they learn in, through their work secret. Um, so it is a very broad act um, that basically can always be used and interpreted arbitrarily by the administration and say, we're sorry, but because this is in the constitution, we cannot give you this information. Um, so the, the exemptions, as you can see, are, or the reasoning behind the secrecy is very broad. If it concerns, um, if uh, information, for example, concerns the interest of one of the parties involved, um, so you can really read everything you want into this. Since the late 80s, Austria, the Austrian constitution also has another provision that says basically all functionaries shall impart, so provide information about matters um, that concern their sphere of work as far as there is no conflict with the, another legal obligation that would require secrecy. And you have these two provisions standing behind each other in the constitution. So you have a provision requiring secrecy and one requiring transparency. So you have conflicting laws and provisions in the constitution and that creates a big uncertainty and room that the government can always, or the administration can always choose and pick whatever they want to publish and, or not. Um, so since 1987, Austria has a duty to ground information act that basically gives citizens the right to ask questions and within eight weeks get a response to their question as long as there is no other reason why this information should not be uh, given. It's not a right to access any documents, but public officials can give you information from official documents, a quote from them and summarize them from you, from you basically. But um, they included a nice provision that uh, information should not be given if it's obviously requested in a frivolous way, in a frivolous way. And there is actually a court decision in Austria that is frivolous is defined by a court 
as basically you ask a question and you already know you're not going to get an answer that could be interpreted as frivolous. So um, it's a very Austrian approach to transparency. Um, but it, there is technically a tool that would allow citizens uh, to ask questions and, and demand an answer. There's currently, um, the Austrian government has recognized that the secrecy is not adequate for a modern democracy that Austria strives to be. Um, so there's a constitutional amendment that the government recently proposed. Um, most observers see, uh, think it's a very weak amendment. Uh, it would technically replace the secrecy provision with a right to information, but they include a lot of uh, exemptions, uh, including information does not have to be issued if it's the if it's used for the preparation of a decision, whatever that may be, um, if there's an economic or financial interest of a state body or another uh, public body, or uh, if there's a predominant other interest of another party or other similar important public interests that can be defined by regions, for example, uh, to keep information secret, then it doesn't have to be issued. So um, there's the very broad exemptions and it basically in practice uh, will not uh, result in more transparency, most people think, because there's no strong enforcement mechanism proposed. So there's no information commissioner that could really interpret what has to be public or what not. Uh, you would have to go to courts. And uh, at this point, even if you win a court case, courts can only establish that a decision by a public body to not issue a uh, information was wrong and they can establish that but they cannot order bodies to issue information. So even if you have a court decision in your favor, it doesn't mean you get the information. Um, another problem in Austria is that there's data protection for legal entities. Um, so that means that all companies or associations can claim the same data protection rights as citizens and uh, the government often quotes this provision which is anchored in the constitution that they cannot issue for example government contracts or any information on uh, subsidies or uh, finances awarded to companies because it would violate the privacy rights of the company to not have the public talk about the public money they get. Um, the government also regularly agrees to secrecy provisions in contracts it signs with uh, companies and in these cases, or basically in all cases, even parliamentarians have no access uh, and are not allowed to look at uh, uh, government contracts. So to sum up, Austria does not have a right to information that works in practice. Um, even if the now proposed legal changes were adopted by Parliament, it would not significantly improve the situation, although then on paper there would be the right to information. Um, right now, the PSI directive in Austria is in the Parliament and it's expected that it will be implemented by the summer. So then there will be at least a requirement that whenever data is published by a state body, it has to be done in an open format. Um, so in Austria, the corruption cases I looked at all were around uh, privatizations and the award of government contracts, public procurement, subsidies, government spending on advertising. And with this came the other angle, which was lobbying, 
and party financing. So I looked at different uh, data sources uh, that are, in my opinion, relevant to uh, deterring or detecting corruption and how open they are. So for example, the company registry in Austria is online. You can search shareholders there, but once you want an official extract, it's 14 euro. The land registry is uh, every search, every extract costs you between 5 and 10 euros. So that's really a price where if you do a big research project, an NGO or a freelance journalist cannot handle this, uh, this amount of cost. Uh, you don't have um, a lot of court decisions, and the few court decisions you have publicly available are anonymized and incredibly difficult to find. Um, there's no breakdown of crime data on a district or regional level. Um, there's no data on privatizations. There's absolutely no data on public procurement, with the exception, and I will talk about this in a few minutes, of the tax data. So you can go to the European EU Commission level and then you get actually some information that you can't get on the Austrian level. And there's not even a data collection effort. So one minute there's no, in the federal government or in any other government level, there's no data collection effort to at least internally aggregate or collect data on public spending and public procurement. And Austria has an exception that has been continued every year that single sourcing can be done until 100,000 euros. And in that case, absolutely nothing is published. The government can just buy uh, from a company and there's a high risk of splitting contracts, for example, because nobody can really verify if uh, what you're buying and from whom. There's a lobbyist register in Austria, but again, some data is publicly available, but actually the really interesting data of which uh, companies uh, on which issues lobbyists actually lobby, that is only uh, available to parliamentarians but not to the public. So this is the lobby register we have. So you see, for example, the company or the public body that is registered as a lobbyist and in order to lobby the public sector in Austria now you need to be in this register. And then you have the names of the lobbyists and the date they registered but usually you don't see what they're actually lobbying on and how much money they're spending on this and, or who they, whom they're lobbying. Um, these are some more data sources. So government decisions in Austria are completely secret for 30 years. Also the agenda of government meetings is secret for 30 years. Um, Parliament does not record uh, votes of individual MPs, so you cannot trace how an MP votes. You can only see how a party votes, but of course MPs can vote uh, against their party line, but that is not recorded. Um, the committees in Parliament are not accessible to the public. Um, local and regional government decisions are only partly accessible, so you cannot even really on that level trace most of the time where money goes because uh, of privacy concerns, because often there are grant decisions or construction permits and that would affect the privacy rights, including of legal entities. Um, with election results, we also don't have uh, precinct data. Only for Vienna we have that. So you can't even really verify the, the, the most detailed uh, data on your elections. Um, public spending. Um, I think, yes, you have the same problem in Italy and in many other places that budgets are not standardized. Um, the way budgets are uh, presented is not standardized. Um, 
the municipal budgets are aggregated but by the statistics body in Austria that then earns the copyright on this data set and sells it. So um, you're not allowed to obtain and publish and reuse actually aggregated municipal budgets. You would have to collect them individually from every municipality. Um, there's no double bookkeeping uh, in the public sector in Austria, which companies have been required for a long time to do. Um, and even when you have budget data, the granularity of the data is not really enough uh, so that you can truly trace how money is spent. Um, there's no data on government subsidies, grants, or state guarantees for loans, um, because usually the administration would cite uh, privacy concerns. Um, one area where there has been uh, many scandals or affairs and there has been political pressure to increase transparency is party finance. Um, so now we, this year for the first time, we will have a slightly better level of insight. Uh, in Austria, about 300 million euros a year are spent on, uh, on public funds that go to political parties on the national and regional level. We don't really know about how much money goes on the local level, there is no data on that. Um, single donations of, of, of more than 50,000 euros have to be disclosed immediately, but you can bypass that by donating 40,000 on one day and 30,000 the next day. Um, Contributions of more than 3,500 euros now have to be reported to the Court of Audit with an annual uh, report. Um, but the Court of Audit is not allowed to investigate if these, uh, if these claims are true. Um, they, they have to be confirmed by an auditor, but the Court of Audit itself does not look, is not allowed to look at bank accounts, for example. And there's a long delay until this information reaches the public, uh, about 18 months by now. So. Um, in Austria now, we still don't know who financed the national campaigns in 2013 for when we had parliamentary elections then. Um, and the data is not is released as scanned PDF files, so not really machine readable at all. Um, another big issue in Austria, and this reaches more the, the impact that data, open data can have in Austria, is that there are there's a lack of intermediaries, in my opinion, and a lack of organizations and actors that advocate for more transparency. So the combined number of all full-time staff that work for Austrian anti-corruption organizations, FOIA uh, organizations, organizations advocating for more transparency in general is zero. There is no full-time employee working on accountability in the NGO sector. Um, there are no national or international foundations that fund these kind of activities. Um, and while there's more than 200, 250 million euros spent a year by the government on subsidizing the media through subsidies or mostly through advertising buys, um, there's no funding for independent investigative journalism projects or truly data-driven uh, investigative reporting. Another issue that I realized that hasn't really been discussed in public because there are very few bloggers and no activists, or very few activists, is that these actors actually face a much higher libel risk than media outlets because traditional journalists are protected by media law. Uh, bloggers and activists in most cases are not. So that means you don't have resources to really do your work. If you do it without any pay, you still have to risk that somebody might uh, sue you and, yeah. And then there's little you can do about it. Um, however, there are several actors, 
uh, activists that in their free time try to improve uh, open data and, and the strengthen political accountability in some way. And I'm quickly going to uh, show you some of those. So this is uh, data.gv.at, the government's open data platform. One thing I like about this is that they have a section where they list all the applications, all the third-party applications, the use of every data set. So when you look, for example, at a geodata set from the city of Vienna, you see all the apps and websites that use that data and do something with it. So as a user, you can get better, basically you're already led to actors who repackage and apply that data. Um, I think compared to Italy, there's much more data that is published in CSV and, and formats that, that are machine readable. Everything has the proper license that is published on this, um, so it's reusable. But there's very little, uh, little data on budgets and finances. So the, the, most of the data is uh, geolocation data, um, where the next public bathroom is, and where the bus stops are. But when it comes really to accountability, there's fairly little. Uh, data available. But there are some cities who want to actually drive a little bit more uh, transparency in this uh, area. Um, there's a joint project between uh, Wikimedia, Open Knowledge uh, Foundation Austria, and the government. This is the Open Data Portal AT. It's a sister portal to the government portal, but this one is for companies, NGOs, academia, for non-governmental actors, so that you have one site where you find all the government data and one where you find all the data from non-governmental actors. And I think that's a, it's a really useful idea to uh, make data standardized. So again, this has to have the proper license and to, and to also make it easy to find. Um, this will also, because this, this, the, the portals are linked to each other and use the same standards, it will be easier down the line to, uh, to link data sets government data sets and private data sets. And that's really when open data, I think, can make a bigger difference. Um, because the sense only emerges in many cases when you combine different data sets. Um, one, uh, one example is uh, a party, uh, an opposition party, NEOS in Austria, that already uses this uh, private data portal to publish all their finances. They publish all their expenditures, their, the donations they receive, all, uh, they say updated weekly, I think it's probably monthly that they update it, but it's all in machine-readable format, uh, properly licensed so you can use it, play around with it, and this is one of the first uses, I think, where there's an anti-corruption relevance to uh, open data in Austria. Um, another area that I've already touched on is government spending. There's, it's a, it has become a tradition in Austria that government spends an incredible amount of public money on advertising campaigns that happen to go to newspapers that are largely supportive of the respective party that controls the ministry that gives the, um, the uh, that agrees on the advertising buy. Um, there was so much excessive advertising that Austria in 2012 introduced what is called a hat ban. So now government advertising is no longer allowed to show the face of a minister. Um, because that was the purpose of many of the ad buys, it's just to present the minister and say, isn't he a great guy, he's building the motorway, isn't it a great motorway? Um, it, a lot of the advertising flow goes to three Vienna-based yellow press newspapers. 
So basically, many observers allege that the government is subsidizing these newspapers in order to get favorable media coverage. Um, and since 2012, all state bodies have to quarterly report and disclose their media subsidies and advertising buys that exceed 5,000 euros. They have to report them to the telecom regulator and the telecom regulator releases that as an open data set. And that's one of the few areas where we really have spending data and we have the names of companies that benefit from public spending. This is a, uh, the only real use of this data is by one newspaper, uh, their standard and their online edition. They're the only newspaper that employs two data journalists. Um, and they, uh, every quarter they visualize the, and, and kind of unpack the, that big data set. And so they established that in the first two years, half a billion euros was still spent on advertising or was reported as being spent. It's only a fraction of what is really spent is reported uh, because lower spending doesn't have to be reported. But um, they, they showed kind of clear ups and downs. And they also showed the big beneficiaries, which is Heute Free Metro newspaper in Vienna, Krone, uh, another yellow press paper, and Österreich, a third paper that is, many people would agree, uh, supportive of the Social Democrats in Austria. Um, and they also, for example, looked at who are the big spenders in the government, and it's the city of Vienna that spends 27 million euros a year on external advertising buys, or that's what they disclose, it's more than that. But compared to other regions that spend just maybe uh, half a million euros on public advertising. Another, uh, yeah, another approach is Faktenstaat, which is a FOIA website, so people can ask public questions to the government here. Um, the data from this suggests that about uh, a third of the questions are answered in a satisfying way and two-thirds are either they, there's no government response or there's no data available but in the end you don't get the information you want. Um, there's a group of activists that is called Process Report and they sit in controversial court procedures and they live tweet and live blog everything that happens even if it's over weeks and months. So they create really useful archives and protocols of everything that happens in these uh, procedures. Um, and their standard has also, is also doing the same. So for the first time, the court procedures in Austria that are accessible to the public actually become public and you have an archive um, of what is happening. And this really has had an impact on, I believe, the accountability of churches and of prosecutors in cases that were uh, against animal rights uh, activists and other people where there, there was an assumption of, an, a, 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 of a political bias in the prosecution. Um, this is an example of uh, the live tweeting. There's Dossier.at, they're data-driven investigative journalists, um, and for example, to establish how much money was going to one of the newspapers, they went to the National Library and counted all ads in the paper editions over the period of seven years to calculate that the city of Vienna alone spent 29 million euros to subsidize the startup of this paper through uh, ad buys. So when there's no data, people sometimes find creative ways to generate the data themselves. Often a household is an effort to aggregate uh, municipal budgets and to make them accessible to the public. So about a fourth of all municipalities have so far published their budgets there and people can look at how their 
money is spent on the local level, where does the tax, uh, where do a thousand tax euros go, in which areas, and they also have uh, basically a quick test to find out how, by and large, how good are the finance, how sound are the finances on the local level. And as I said, for Austrian activists, I think the EU level is really important to get information. So TED, uh, the, many of you might know, is the, the EU Commission's uh, tender electronic daily service, which uh, contains all contract announcements and contract award information from all the member states uh, once a certain threshold is met. And this is for us the only source uh, to get Austrian government spending data on, uh, in the area of procurement. Um, however, this is really, until now, it's really difficult to use the data. It's just PDF files that are really difficult to search and aggregate. I've heard from people who run this in the Commission that there's a plan to finally make big data sets public uh, in machine-readable format. So far, you can only get this if you're on a secret email list. Um, but Open Knowledge in Germany has uh, kindly uh, made it easier to, to use the information, so they are scraping the information and, up and, and publishing it as CSV files that you can look at by country. So, for example, they allowed me to get at least 25, 20, metadata on 21,000 government contracts for Austria. But for about half of these contracts, the government does not report the value of the contract. And in about a third of the cases, they do not report how many bidders participated. And these are some of the most important red flags that you look at how many bidders were there. But if there's no number, then you can't really uh, use that as a, as a criteria to dig deeper. And then another page that I find useful is... Uh, openinterests.eu, which aggregates uh, EU spending, EU contracts, and also information from the EU lobbying registry and other EU uh, lobby data. So, for example, there you can search for big companies from your uh, country or interest groups, and you find how much money do they get from the EU, from EU projects, but also how many lobbyists do they have to register there, and what are these lobbyists doing. So, um, I think these tools are relevant for many member states because they actually provide insights that we cannot get on the national level and it might be really worth supporting these, these Europe-wide efforts more because um, EU regulation is sometimes far ahead of what national governments are willing to do. Thank you very much.